The following program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Beach Corner with Diana Chickie is sponsored by Exchanging Vows Bridal Boutique in Collingwood, Ontario. Visit exchangingvowsbridalboutique.com for all your wedding and formal wear needs. I'm Donna Chicky with Beach Corner on BeachBoosterRadio.com, your backstage pass for all your entertainment. It was a great weekend at the 22nd Annual Collingwood Elvis Festival. The weather was amazing and so were the Elvis tribute artists. Beach Corner was on site to meet some of the ETAs and this year's VIPs. Did you know that Elvis had a private nurse? Letitia Henley-Kirk, for 38 years, kept silent about her years with Elvis Presley. Elvis was not only her patient, but also a good friend. Find out what she has to say about the king. Jimmy Velvet, known for singing such songs as We Belong Together, History of Love, Teen Angel, to name a few. Jimmy was a young recording artist in the 1950s who toured with many great performers in the rock and roll business, including Elvis. He was only 15 years old when he met Elvis Presley and remained lifelong close friends until Elvis's untimely passing in 1977. Charles Stone, concert promoter, started his career in the mid-60s working with major entertainers at the time. Charles was an avid Elvis fan and had the good fortune to work with Elvis. We'll also hear my interviews with Elvis tribute artists such as Oliver Steinhoff from Germany, who has been an ETA for 13 years, Craig Parker from Dallas, Texas, where critics have claimed him this is as close as it gets, Gorn Hendricks from the UK, who was crowned 2014 Collingwood Elvis Festival Grand Champion, along with Robin Kelly, who enjoys performing 50s, early 60s, and early 70s, Vegas years of Elvis. Don't go away, put on your blue suede shoes, and we'll be right back with the VIPs and ETAs of the 2016 Collingwood Elvis Festival. You're listening to Beach Corner, brought to you by Exchanging Vows Bridal Boutique in Collingwood on Beach Booster Radio, with Saga Beach's only truly local radio. Hi, I'm Rosemary O'Brien from the Collingwood Elvis Festival, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio. I'm live at the Elvis Festival headquarters, and joining me today is Leticia Henley-Kirk. Welcome to the Collingwood Elvis Festival. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So you have an incredible history. You've been keeping silence for over 38 years that you were the personal nurse of Elvis. So how difficult was it for you to remain tight-lipped about your relationship with Elvis? You mean after he passed? Okay, sure. Well, uh, I felt like that he was my patient and he was my friend and should I have preceded him in death he would not have talked about me and so that was just the way I kept all those years and what are your fondest memories about this I'm I sure you have, have a fondest that many. you know I tell people there's just not enough adjectives to describe him kind caring loving mischievous any adjective you can think of I think he could feel the pattern for it and you lived at Elvis's home at Graceland with your husband and two young daughters 
how is life with Elvis and his family? Well, people think I'm crazy when I say this because it was normal. I mean, we just, we moved there and it was a transition because we had to move to an area that wasn't a subdivision where they had kids they could play with. But he was in and out of our house, you know, like a brother or a sister or something. So it was just our normal life. We didn't feel like we were special or, you know, Elvis is Elvis. And it was just, it was just a normal life. So you released the book titled Taking Care of Elvis, Memories with Elvis at his private nurse and friend in 2015. When writing this book... What feelings were coming to mind? Uh, it was an emotional journey. Um, I went to an event. A friend of mine had been begging me for years to go to an event. But I said, okay, Andrew, I'm going to go, but I'm going to be the church mouse. And at that time, I found out how hungry the fans were to know about Elvis the person, not the drug, sex, rock and roll and women. What was he like off stage? What did he do? What did he like to do? What did he eat? What did he... And so I thought, you know, you're in your 70s. You need to get off of your tush and take some notes and let this younger generation know what he's all about. And so I started that journey. It was very emotional, and I would just have to put it down sometimes. But uh, then I had a problem after I got my manuscript done. I could not find anybody that would publish it because they wanted a ghostwriter. And I said, no, I'm not going to have somebody write my book that's never met the man. I've been a nurse for 50 years. I know a little bit of English. And I'm just going to be my personal memories and story. And so then I finally found somebody that would print it for me, so I self-published it. And it's been a very rewarding experience to get to meet the fans because, you know, the whole time I traveled with him, I didn't get to meet the fans per se. So I think he'd be real proud of this, and it's it's really been a, an emotional journey and a spiritual journey. So when you first met and treated Elvis at the hospital, I understand he had, he had his head down and he was talking to you, but not really to you. And you asked him to look up to you while he was talking. I mean, that was amazing. I I did a little bit more than that because we kept the clinic open after hours. And I was the nurse taking care of him. And he was sitting in a chair in the corner with his head down looking at his knees. And I just took him by his chin and pulled his chin up. I said, Elvis, if you talk to me, you look at me. And so we went on. And I came out of the room, was taking his blood back to the lab. And I had a page to go to Dr. Nick's office. And I thought, I'm probably fired today. So I went around to Dr. Nick's office, and I knocked on the door, and I said, did you call me? And he said, yes. What did you say to Elvis? And I said, told him, and he said, he likes you. Boy, that was a break. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It must be. So what are your thoughts on Elvis tribute artists? I mean, you're going to see so many this weekend, and I know you just arrived, but when you sell these Elvis tribute artists, what comes to mind when you see that? It's difficult. It's really difficult. Um I have not been exposed to a lot of that. I did go to one festival in Indiana, and um, it was difficult. Yeah, it was difficult. However, this young gentleman that was in the car with us coming out here today, I am so impressed with his voice that... I think I can probably handle it. But it's difficult. Once you've had the real deal, to separate that from it is um, it's hard. Well, we welcome you to the Collingwood Elvis Festival. Have a wonderful weekend, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you okay. just arrived here off the plane, but I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I plan on having a good time and going to share a little Elvis. Thank you. 
Joining me is Jimmy Velvet. We are at the Collingwood Elvis Festival, the 22nd annual. Welcome to Collingwood, Jimmy. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Wow. Great food, (laughs) great places, great people, and the scenery. Just like home in Tennessee. (laughs) Nice. So you're off to a good start here. Yeah. So I understand at 15 years old you met Elvis. I did. So what are your fondest memories of Elvis? Oh, good Lord. Being around him was the fondest memories. I mean, he was uh, a prankster, always pulling pranks. And uh, he was a lot of fun. He loved to tease, but he also was very serious. Um, He read a lot constantly. And... uh, he, he could do anything. I mean, whatever he set his mind to, you know, he could do it. That's amazing. So you were also a performer, because I know right. you sang that song, Teen Angel, and, right. and a few others. <laughs> How was the experience to be the opening act for Elvis? Because I oh, heard you opened no, for no, him way, no, way back. No, I never did. No? I, I did open for Johnny Cash and numerous others over the, over the years, different ones. Elvis and I were just close friends. Okay. Because I didn't work for him, but uh, no, he was a wonderful human being to be around but when I met him I met him through my English teacher but um, he wasn't known when I met him and my English teacher was a songwriter on the side she also brought shows to Jacksonville Florida where I lived at the time where I grew up and uh, so she was had at this particular show she had Hank Snow and the Carter family and um, Farron Young, several other acts, and and at the bottom of the poster, way down at the bottom, little bitty letters is Elvis Presley, and uh, so I asked her, my English teacher was a promoter of the show, I I actually went down to her house, which is down the street from me, and I said, said, we called her Mama May, by the way, I don't know why, it was just something that took off in our our town for her, and uh, I said, I would like to meet June Carter. <laughs> and the Carter family was on that show, and she was promoting the show. And I begged her to let me go, you know, let me in backstage. She did, and I was 15. And I was back there talking to this guitar player for a long time, and he reached his hand out and said, Oh, by the way, my name's Elvis Presley. And I thought, What in the world is an Elvis Presley? And that's how we met. And uh, when uh, my English teacher came back into the room, she said, Jimmy, I see you've met Elvis. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, he's going to record a song that I wrote. I said, oh, that's great. Still didn't know who he was. But the song that she wrote was Heartbreak Hotel. Mm. So what a, what a beautiful piece of history that was. And, and I was just uh, amazed by it. But him and I hit it off very well. He was four years older than me. I was 15. He was 19 at the time. But I got to tour with him a lot in the early days, different places, different things. Go to his home, uh, go to the studio and watch him record and stuff. Same oh, studio where wonderful. I recorded also. But yeah. He was he was really special. So you're known for singing many hit songs. I mean, you do sing. I had a few, right? Mm-hmm. You had a few. Yeah. <laughs> and what is your favorite song to perform of all uh, the hits that you've done? Of my songs, uh, "Your Mind and We Belong Together" is, seems to be everybody's song. It's a song that was number one in numerous radio stations for usually several weeks. Like Columbia, South Carolina, it was still holds the record from 1963. To now, it's still the uh, uh, most requested song for 17 weeks. No one's wow. topped that one. Wow. So, but that was Columbia, South Carolina. That was worldwide, you know. But, but I did, uh, I did 
get Billboard, you know, and that one, and it's almost tomorrow, was a very big hit for me. But uh, I, I just enjoyed my life and met a lot of nice people. And uh, as I was recording and, and touring a lot, I, I met numerous people and uh, that I recorded uh, who were on shows that I was on that, from our records, usually Dick Clark tours and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, the American Bandstand. Oh, yes, he was, he was a special man also, but I got to uh, co-produce a couple of things for him. And, wow. And I just, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed those years, but wow. I, uh, I took thousands of photos during that time while we toured. I was just, everybody would say, hey, hey, Jimmy, or hey, Velvet, whatever they wanted to call me. Um, you got your camera? Or where's your camera? You know, and so took a lot of just casual shots. Lots uh-huh. of Elvis, lots of Buddy Holly, Marilyn Monroe, wow. Everly Brothers. Because uh, you have a book. It's called Inside the Dream. Yes, it's a, it's a coffee table book with 288 pages, and it's a high, high-end paper. And there's 1,090 of my photos in it. Wow. And it's 508 different stars that I knew or worked with over the years. And the book is uh, its kind of amazing, actually. It, it covers so much history, so much time. That's it's beautiful to look at it. Now, I hear the Rolling Stone magazine quoted you as the godfather of memorabilia. Oh. So how did you get <laughs> such a title? Well, um, I... Uh, this uh, again, it kind of started with Elvis after Elvis passed away. Um, I was appearing in Memphis at a show, and I did my first show, and I went back to my dressing room to get ready for the second show, and they, uh, the news was on, and it said the city of Memphis was thinking about building an Elvis Presley museum. And I said, thinking about it, they should have already done it. You know, it was 10 months after he passed. They should have already had something in the works. So um, I went out on my second show, and I was still debating it while I did my show, but about halfway through, I announced that that was going to be my last show for a while, that I was going to open an Elvis museum. I had 21 items, I think it was, that had belonged to him, including a car that he had given me and uh, jewelry and clothes and numerous things. But but, uh, I opened this little museum with with, uh, Elvis' father's uh, blessings right across from Graceland. Mm -hmm. And it was in June 1st, 1978, five years before Graceland opened. And uh, that's what really got it started. And everybody was saying, you're, you're nuts. You're spending all your money for these Elvis things. And a year from now, no one will know who he is. Wow. And I said, well, I think he's a legend that will last. Legends seem to last forever. I, I think that, He uh, certainly is, especially with all these. Here, it's coming up on 40 years next year. Wow. That's and, incredible. Uh, and it, it is incredible, but I still kept purchasing Elvis items from friends and family and various others, you know, fans. Mm-hmm. And I had the largest collection in the world for a long time. Very nice. And I had uh, 21 of his cars, oh 21 goodness. of his guns, 240 pieces of his jewelry, oh 11 jumpsuits, um, 15 concert belts, and I think it was 8 or 10 uh, um, capes. And lots of other stuff, lots oh of clothes Oh my gosh, you get to remember you know. all those. But so for someone starting out in the music industry, any advice you can share? Yeah, run. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's hard. It's a hard business. But it's uh, the main thing, if you're starting as a singer, 
the best thing you can do for your career is to write your own stuff if you can uh, or work on doing that because I've watched the record labels over the years. They'll drop artists that have hit records and continue to, but they don't write their stuff and they make their money out of the publishing. And so uh, the record labels want artists who write. More original And so that has got to be the the best advice I can see because I lived that. I watched that and it happened, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, that's wonderful. Well, thank you, Jimmy. I wish you a wonderful weekend here at the Collingwood Elvis Festival. Thank you so much for taking time out. Well, thank you, Donna. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. God bless. Uh, joining me is Charles Stone. He is the concert promoter for Elvis Presley, correct? Welcome to the Collingwood Elvis well, thank Festival. You thank you very much. So um, I hear you were a fan of Elvis. So having the opportunity to work with someone that you really idolize, how was that experience? Oh, it was awesome. The uh, I grew up liking Elvis, idolizing him. I everybody did. You know, back in, the, I think, the seventh grade. We all, all the guys in the seventh grade would look grew our hair and put them back in ducktails, got a pink shirt and a motorcycle jacket, just like Elvis was wearing, but it didn't work for us like it did him. So when I first met him, I was told not to speak to him, but, but to take him to the dressing room. So walking to the dressing room, I'd have to look around him and talk to Joe Esposito or Dick Grobe or Sam Thompson or somebody, say we turn left or turn right, and Elvis was walking right beside me. So after about maybe, I don't know, 10 days or 10 shows, Elvis grabs me by the arm and stops me and says, who are you? I said, I'm Charles Stone. He said, I'm Elvis Presley, as if you don't know who he is. Right, I know. But, uh, and after that, we became friends. Oh, that is so wonderful. So, Any anecdotes you wish to share from, you know, being on tour, being the promoter for Elvis? I'm sure there's probably tons, but there's certain one that stands out that you remember that you'd like everyone to have a good laugh at. Oh, there, one for a good laugh was in Cleveland, Ohio. And we were working a stage that was only three feet tall, which is absolutely suicide for an Elvis show. And at the end of the show, uh, all the bodyguards and I, we get on the stage, we get on one knee across the front, and when Elvis goes to shake hands, he puts his hand on our back to keep someone from pulling him off. So I happen to be on the end that day. I look over here to the right, and here's a lady. Don't forget, I'm in my 20s. And here's a, I called her her grandma. She's an older lady. I mean, just tooling, running hard. So I get up to meet her, to stop her. In those days, I wore glasses. She hits me so hard, it knocks the lens out of my glasses, slices my eyelid, and knocks me down on the stage. Now I'm supposed to be security. Oh, my gosh. Oh, holy crap. You know, she never saw me. All she saw was Elvis running as hard as she could run. So I get up, and I got blood coming down my face. And the next guy did catch her. You know, at least I slowed her down. But that was embarrassing. I was supposed to be security. Oh, my gosh. So you've written a book, uh, My Years with Elvis and the Colonel. What are you hoping to convey to your readers with this book? To what it was really like working with both of those. The Colonel gets a bad rap a lot from a lot of people. He was not the bad guy. So in the book, I explained some of my relationships and my experiences with Colonel Tom Parker. And they're all good. They're all good. Uh, does he make a mistake? Probably he did, but none of them were career mistakes for Elvis. Now, don't keep in mind, Elvis could have fired him at any time he wanted to. He chose not to. Wow. 
That says a lot, eh? Mm -hmm. So seeing Elvis tribute artists at the Collingwood Elvis Festival, what are your thoughts as you're surrounded well, let, by let, all these let, artists? Let me back up a few years. In the beginning, after Elvis died, I did nothing Elvis for 20 years. And I met a tribute artist. And what is it, what is this all about, you know? So, in my opinion, the tribute artists are the main reason Elvis's legacy is what it is today. Uh, and that's no disrespect to the hardcore Elvis fans that don't like them. Some of them don't like them. But I think that is the real mainstay of what's keeping Elvis's legacy alive today. Uh, I enjoy the music. Uh, you know, as long as they're out there and respectful to Elvis, they got my vote. So, and up here, man, I've never seen so many in one place. I've worked with them all over the world, but never where there's so many. And I think here is a uh, unique situation because they have the youth division. There's nothing better than the young people coming up with Elvis because uh, the older people, well, bless our hearts, you know, they're leaving us and there's nobody replacing the older generations. So when you have the younger ones coming up, I, I love it because it's, you know, another generation's going to like Elvis. That is going to continue and discover them. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Charles. It's been a true pleasure My meeting pleasure. you. My pleasure. Thank you. And have a wonderful weekend at our 22nd Annual Collingwood Elvis Festival. I hope to do that. Okay. <laughs> thank you. You betcha. I just bumped into Oliver, who's from Hanover, Germany, who is going to be attending the Collingwood Elvis Festival. Oliver, welcome to Collingwood. Welcome, Diane. <laughs> Nah. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? Um, so tell us, you are an Elvis tribute artist. Yeah, since 2002. Ooh. And uh, I worked uh, all over the world as an Elvis tribute artist and uh, have the huge privilege to work with the origin musicians of Elvis, with the Sweet Inspirations, with um, the Imperials, backing okay. vocals of Elvis Presley, and do all, all around the world uh, concerts. And what do you like most? about Elvis? Um, I prefer um, um, the late 60s okay. until the mid 70s. Did you have all the leathers? Yes, I have the leather stuff. I, I start my shows with this one and then I go um, to the early uh, Las Vegas concert years until to the um, um, the famous Aloha concert. Nice. Yes. Nice. So, uh, is this your first time to the Collingwood Elvis Festival? Actually not. This is the third time oh, and nice. uh, I want to try to reach for the crown of the champions. Hopefully it works. Maybe, maybe not. And how many performances are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm very busy. I will all, all, always uh, running to uh, compete and have shows and uh, in different places. Um, the biggest show will be maybe uh, on Friday night uh, okay. at the Old Town Terrence together with uh, the last champion is Gordon Hendricks uh, two years ago. And a famous guy from this business is uh, Ryan Pelton and we will do the show together. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, you should You're be there. You're playing on the main stage? Yeah, tomorrow at maybe 5. 5 o'clock, okay. Yeah, 5 o'clock. And then I will be on uh, in the Old Town Terrence, and then I compete. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I will go back and finish the show. That's this, a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of shows. Uh, so what do you like about Collingwood? You said it's three years you're here. Is there something you like when you come here? Yes, the people are very friendly, very nice. The place is absolutely fantastic. It's um, beautiful. Uh, the people are beautiful. I love Canada. I love especially Collingwood, but this is, uh, in my opinion, the biggest off 
after Memphis, um, the biggest uh, Elvis fest in this world. And uh, if you've never been here, you should be. Excellent. Well, thank you, Oliver. It's such a pleasure it's to have pleasure. met you. My pleasure. Thank I appreciate you so it. Thank you so much. Can you say something in German? Yes, I can do this. Auf Wiedersehen. And what does that mean? Uh, goodbye. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, and good luck for this weekend. Thank you very much. enjoying these interviews from the VIPs of the 22nd Annual Collingwood Elvis Festival. Coming up are my interviews with some of the Elvis tribute artists. Hi, this is Rockin' Ray Michaels, and I'm coming to you here on BeachBoosterRadio.com. All things Wasaga Beach here in the greater Toronto-Hamilton area. And, of course, uh, my new hours, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. And, of course, my all-request show, Universal, on Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. till 2, here on the Classicist Radio Network. All things Wasaga Beach, here on BeachBoosterRadio.com. I met Tyne Hall, and I met Craig Parker, who's one of the Elvis tribute artists, and he's from Texas. The big D, Dallas. The big D. Well, welcome to Collingwood, Craig. I'm glad to be here. I've heard a lot of things about the Collingwood Festival, and uh, we want to come up here for years, and uh, this is the year, so we're going to rock and roll and meet some wonderful folks. So this is your first time, so uh, what are you planning as far as performances? Are you competing? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. No, I'm not, I'm not competing. I was invited to uh, just to do some uh, some VIP stuff, special guest appearances. I'm performing at some uh, some after-hours parties and stuff like that. So, uh, Excellent. Just kind of getting my feet wet up here. I'm going to meet some nice folks and uh, I'm going to sing for some of the crowds. Excellent. Show them how we do Elvis in Texas. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So, how did this whole Elvis tribute artist started? When did you get interested in, in doing his portrait? Of well, Elvis? Uh, it, I always tell people it, it really found me. I uh, I grew up an Elvis fan. Though. I mean, Elvis was you know one of my heroes growing up, and I started playing guitar and recording music. And uh, you know, by high school, I had my own rock band, and you know, was. Had my own dreams of being my own rock star, which never really, you know, never really developed. And uh, just, I, I, I had an opportunity to do Elvis at, a, at an office party. And uh, well, actually, I was persuaded to do Elvis at an office party about 20 years ago. And I did it. I said, okay, I'll do the King one time and, you know, pay my respects, and that's going to be it. And uh, it just went over like crazy. Was, and what uh, is it that you liked the most about Elvis that you were attracted to him? Just his electricity. Um, you know, there's just something that draws you to Elvis Presley that you cannot explain. And, you know, the fact that he's he's dead and gone, obviously, and his, his legacy, his legend, his music, it's still as powerful, if not more powerful, than it was uh, when he was here. And, uh, you know, it's a phenomenon. Nobody will ever explain it or do it again, I don't think, so... Mm-hmm. We're just going to ride the wave and keep it going as long as we can. Do you have a favorite song that you like to perform? Well, I like just so many Elvis songs. Uh, it's really hard to, to decide on one. You know, I like My Way a lot. I like mm-hmm. How Great They Are. Uh, if I Can Dream is really a powerful song. Um, you what know. genre of music, what era are you doing? The 60s, 70s? Yeah, it's mostly 70s. You know, okay. it's, uh, you know the Vegas era. It's kind of what I focus on the, the as far as the look, look but uh, you know the white jumpsuit, martial arts type thing. Um, but I pretty much do the whole broad 
gamut of his music. Mm-hmm. And what are you looking forward to this weekend? I mean, this is your first time up here, so what are you? Uh, Elvis festivals are a lot of fun. You know, you get to meet new ETAs and uh, see how other guys kind of do their own style. But mostly, it's just uh, to um, to spend time with the fans and, and meet different fans um, from a different country, a different region, just to see how they perceive Elvis. And uh, it is universal. That it is. The Elvis fans love for him and his music. So It really brings the world together. You know, it really does. You know, People say the music makes the world go around. Well, Elvis is a huge part of that. He's brought a lot of cultures together. He's brought uh, a lot of races together. Um, you know, and he's still doing it. It's just, it's unbelievable. Well, thank you so much, Craig, for being my guest. Diana, my pleasure. And have, have a, a great weekend, and hopefully we'll catch you around. I will, darling. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Same, same as always, this place. As soon as you come back here, it's just like you've never left. You know, everybody just turns up and enjoys themselves and has a great time. And it's all because of Elvis. And it's, it fascinates me every year I come here. It's the same same kind of atmosphere. It never goes away. It never dies. And, and how was your year so far? My year's been amazing this year. I've had the most amazing year. I'm, I'm on tour at the moment. In two weeks, we go to Norway. And then we go to Spain to a tour. And then Australia in January. And a full UK tour also. So I'll just fit this in this time. Um, so, yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Well, Boris, thank you so much. The music is really going. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. sing something a little different in Collingwood. I, 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 I always say they're going to have me as a 50s or 60s guy until I'm 90. So it was really nice to be able to sing a 70s song on stage. So it, know, it was. Yes, and I, and I even got to wear a non-50s or 60s outfit, so I felt pretty good about it. And how's the, how's the festival working out for you this time around? Uh, busy as always. I, I've, uh, I got here Tuesday. I started on Wednesday. And uh, so I had a show Wednesday, had two shows Thursday. Today I think I have eight shows. Uh, So I started this morning at 11, and I think I end tonight at about midnight or 1. Oh, babe, I'm not going to keep you. I know you're really busy and you're off, but it's so hot today. It's a little cooking, yes. Thank you so much. So nice seeing you. You as well. Well, this is a wrap for me. I would like to thank Letitia Henley-Kirk, Jimmy Velvet, Charles Stone, Oliver Steinhoff, Craig Parker, Gorn Hendricks, and Robin Kelly for being my guests. Special thanks to Rosemary O'Brien and the Collingwood Elvis Festival team for making these interviews possible. For more information, visit CollingwoodAlvisFestival.com. With Beach Corner on Beach Booster Radio, I'm Diana Chickie. Beach Corner now available on podcasts with a new weekly show anytime from our new Beach Booster Radio podcast page. Simply click the podcast button from our homepage to enjoy our unique and local programming. Beach Corner is a regular feature in Beach Booster Publication. If you would like to be featured on Beach Corner, please contact Diana at beachbooster.com. I welcome your visit to my Facebook and Twitter pages. Bye-bye, everyone. The preceding program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Written, recorded, 
and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Hi, this is Brian Smith, Mayor of the Town of Wasaga Beach, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio.